Chapter 8 of The Cloud of Unknowing by Anonymous, translated by Evelyn Underhill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Here beginneth the eighth chapter. A good declaring of certain doubts that may fall in this word, treated by question, in destroying of a man's own curiosity, of cunning, and of natural wit, and in distinguishing of the degrees and the parts of active living and contemplative. But now thou askest me, What is he, this that thus presseth upon me in this work, and whether it is a good thing or an evil? And if it be an evil thing, then have I marvel, thou sayest, why that he will increase a man's devotion so much, for sometimes me think that it is a passing comfort to listen after his tales, for he will sometime, me think, make me weep full-heartily for pity of the passion of Christ, sometime for my wretchedness, and for many other reasons, that me thinketh be full holy, and that done me much good, and therefore me thinketh that he should on no wise be evil. And if he be good, and with his sweet tales doth me so much good withal, then I have great marvel why that thou biddest me put him down and away, so far under the cloud of forgetting. Now surely, methinketh that this is a well-moved question, and therefore I think to answer thereto so feebly as I can. First, when thou askest me, what is he, this that presseth so fast upon thee in this work, proffering to help thee in this work, I say that it is a sharp and a clear beholding of thy natural wit, printed in thy reason within in thy soul. And where thou askest me thereof whether it be good or evil, I say that it behoveth always be good in its nature. For why, it is a beam of the likeness of God, but the use thereof may be both good and evil. Good, when it is opened by grace for to see thy wretchedness, the passion, the kindness, and the wonderful works of God in his creatures bodily and ghostly. And then it is no wonder, though it increase thy devotion full much, as thou sayest. But then is the use evil, when it is swollen with pride, and with curiosity of much clergy, and letterly cunning, as in clerks, and maketh them press for to be holden not meek scholars and masters of divinity or of devotion, but proud scholars of the devil, and masters of vanity and of falsehood. And in other men or women, whatso they be, religious or seculars, the use and the working of this natural wit is then evil, when it is swollen with proud and curious skills of worldly things, and fleshly conceits, in coveting of worldly worships, and having of riches, and vain pleasuance, and flatterings of others. And where that thou askest me, why that thou shalt put it down under the cloud of forgetting, since it is so that it is good in its nature, and thereto when it is well used it doth thee so much good, and increaseth thy devotion so much, to this I answer and say, that thou shalt well understand that there be two manner of lives in holy church. The one is active life, and the other is contemplative life. Active is the lower, 
and contemplative is the higher. Active life hath two degrees, a higher and a lower, and also contemplative life hath two degrees, a lower and a higher. Also these two lives be so coupled together that although they be diverse in some part, yet neither of them may be had fully without some part of the other. For why? That part that is the higher part of active life, that same part is the lower part of contemplative life, so that a man may not be fully active, but if he be in part contemplative, nor yet fully contemplative, as it may be here, but if he be in part active. The condition of active life is such that it is both begun and ended in this life, but not so of contemplative life, for it is begun in this life, and shall last without end. For why? That part that Mary chose shall never be taken away. Active life is troubled and travailed about many things, but contemplative sitteth in peace with one thing. The lower part of active life standeth in good and honest bodily works of mercy and of charity. The higher part of active life and the lower part of contemplative life lieth in goodly ghostly meditations, and busy beholding unto a man's own wretchedness with sorrow and contrition, unto the passion of Christ and of his servants, with pity and compassion, and unto the wonderful gifts, kindness, and works of God in all his creatures bodily and ghostly, with thanking and praising. But the higher part of contemplation, as it may be had here, hangeth all wholly in this darkness and in this cloud of unknowing, with a loving stirring and a blind beholding unto the naked being of God himself only. In the lower part of active life, a man is without himself and beneath himself. In the higher part of active life and the lower part of contemplative life, a man is within himself and even with himself. But in the higher part of contemplative life, a man is above himself and under his God. Above himself he is, for why he purposeth him to win thither by grace, whither he may not come by nature, that is to say, to be knit to God in spirit, and in one head of love and accordance of will. And right as it is impossible to man's understanding for a man to come to the higher part of active life, but if he cease for a time of the lower part, so it is that a man shall not come to the higher part of contemplative life, but if he cease for a time of the lower part. And as unlawful a thing as it is, and as much as it would let a man that sat in his meditations, to have regard then to his outward bodily works, the which he had done, or else should do, although they were never so holy works in themselves, Surely, as unlikely a thing it is, and as much would it let a man, that should work in this darkness, and in this cloud of unknowing, with an effectuous stirring of love to God for himself, 
for to let any thought or any meditation of God's wonderful gifts, kindness, and works in any of his creatures, bodily or ghostly, rise upon him to press betwixt him and his God, although they be never so holy thoughts, nor so profound, nor so comfortable. And for this reason it is that I bid thee put down such a sharp, subtle thought, and cover him with a thick cloud of forgetting, be he never so holy, nor promise he thee never so well for to help thee in thy purpose. For why, love may reach to God in this life, but not knowing, and all the whiles that the soul dwelleth in this deadly body, evermore is the sharpness of our understanding in beholding of all ghostly things, but most specially of God, mingled with some manner of fantasy, for the which our work should be unclean, and unless more wonder were, it should lead us into much error. End of the eighth chapter